The Smart Start Money Podcast. If the subject is about money and life or questioning the so-called experts on the subject, we open the conversations. It's the Smart Start Money Podcast. My name is Eric Flynn. On this podcast episode, I'll be answering a question I recently received, and that question is, should more people buy whole life insurance for the savings component? Whole life insurance can be good in the right situation, but for most people, buying it just for savings is not a good idea. Stick around for today's podcast episode as I answer the question, should more people buy whole life insurance for the savings component? This podcast episode, I really wanted to talk about the subject of whole life insurance. Some time ago, I talked about a whole life insurance, a specific whole life insurance product. And I was recently sent a question on why more people don't buy whole life insurance for the savings component. Now, if you're not familiar with whole life insurance, just to kind of give you a brief summary here is because it is important to understand what exactly the savings portion of a whole life insurance policy exactly is. When a person buys a life insurance policy, a portion goes into the insurance and the administration of it. Now, with whole life insurance, there is a remaining amount of money left over from the premium payment once insurance costs are are covered. This money is set aside in a cash value type account that's that grows. And with other products, it can be some type of a investment account. Now, this account can be like a savings account or investment account, like I said. And the benefit sold with cash accumulation in whole life insurance is the way in which it increases tax deferred. Quite simply, the cash that is saved in a whole life insurance policy, it's not taxed on the, the interest if the money remains in the account. A person would only have to pay taxes on the accumulated cash if they withdrew more cash than they put into a whole life policy. Because an insurance policy with cash value grows tax deferred, they're commonly communicated as a good way to save money without having to pay taxes. Saving money tax deferred, it certainly sounds like a great idea on the surface, but I will tell you the real issue with whole life insurance products is their cost and the better alternatives that might be available for actual life insurance needs. Now, with a lot of insurance and investment products, there are people out there that are against certain ones. Let's say a lot of times you hear bad information about annuities. Most, I will say most investment and insurance products, they do have their place. The problem is, is often how they're sold to a customer that shouldn't be getting that type of investment or insurance. And that's typically the case with whole life insurance. The truth is whole life insurance, I will tell you, can be a good choice for cash accumulation for some people. Yet this is rarely the case for most average people with investment or insurance needs. And the reason for this is the costs involved with whole life insurance policies. High sales commissions in combination with the the cost of insurance and administration fees make whole life insurance policies oftentimes more expensive compared to to just buying a, a term life insurance policy. Now, the problem is it's not uncommon to run into some type of financial or insurance professional that's going to try to sell a whole life insurance policy to to someone that probably shouldn't be 
getting one. And the reason for this is they're often motivated to sell to their clients whole life insurance because of the generous commissions insurance companies are willing to pay for whole life policies that are sold. The payout from selling a whole life insurance policy can often be as much as 70% of the first year's premium. And a sale also might include 3% or more in further commissions for that salesperson each year a policy remains in force. Whole life insurance policies, like I said, they're sometimes conveyed, conveyed for retirement or to accumulate cash value. But there's just rare instances where people, they actually fit for someone to, to get a whole life policy. There really is just better choices out there for cash accumulation for most people other than buying a whole life insurance policy. For most average people looking for the benefit of tax-deferred savings for retirement, they're really better off just maxing out the money they can contribute to their 401k or IRA. Most average investors never reach the maximum amount of money they can even contribute to their retirement plan each year. Someone that is not wealthy, that needs life insurance, would likely benefit more by contributing to a traditional IRA or 401k and then just buy term insurance on the side. The costs in doing this will almost always be less compared to purchasing a whole life insurance policy. And the result is less money spent on fees within a whole life policy that would be available to grow. The cost to purchase whole life insurance, it, it could be really expensive. And again, this is why for most people, it just doesn't make sense. The cost of purchasing a whole life insurance policy, it, it might not seem that big initially. However, buying whole life, it, it's a long-term commitment. The return of cash value is guaranteed as long as a person keeps paying their annual premium. Seeing significant growth in a whole life insurance policy on the cash accumulation, it can often take 20 years or more. And the high cost of whole life, a whole life policy over a period will, it's going to make a difference in the money that will be available and it could be substantial. Although whole life insurance is presented as having access to the cash value very often, it can be difficult to, to access that, that cash early on in a policy. Not only can it take several years for a whole life policy to accumulate cash value, but it can also be a while before the policy can be canceled or cash can be withdrawn without penalty. Insurance companies have what is commonly referred to as a surrender charge for whole life policies, and this is to make certain that they don't lose money. If there's one thing I can tell you for certain when it comes to insurance companies is they they really know what they're doing and they don't lose money and they don't like to lose money. And this is one of the reasons why they have surrender charges on their insurance policies. Surrender charges for, for life insurance policies, they're often on a, a sliding scale and the number reduces the longer a, a policy is in force. So for example here, someone that needs to cancel their whole life policy after a year, they might pay a 10% surrender charge. And this number, it's going to decrease the longer a person has their whole life insurance policy. So often when you buy into these whole life policies, you need to keep them for a period of time 
first for the cash to actually accumulate and then also so you're not going to pay a surrender charge if you need to get out of it. Insurance companies have surrender charges in place to basically recover the upfront commissions that they pay to their salespeople along with the costs to put a whole life policy together. More people shouldn't buy whole life insurance just for the savings component. The opposite is really true is probably less people should be buying whole life insurance. To this day, people are unsuspecting people are still being sold whole life insurance policies, quite frankly, when they shouldn't be. And this is often due to the sales pitch that the financial insurance professional is using to to sell one of these policies. And some of those you might often hear, you know, you can borrow money or take partial withdrawals from the cash value during retirement. It's a good way to accumulate, you know, cash, you know, without paying taxes. And a lot of these sales pitches, you know, they are true, but at the same time, the cost of the insurance in these policies is very high. And like I said, for the average person, you're better off putting your money in a traditional 401k or IRA that is deferring the taxes and then just go out and buy term insurance on the side. There's a reason why they do sell these whole life insurance products. And to be honest with you, it's for more affluent people, people with money. Someone that is able to max out their 401k savings or their IRA each year, and they have a lot of money that they they want to put away and have it not get taxed, then whole life insurance starts to become something attractive. But this isn't the case for most people. The problem with whole life insurance policies isn't exactly that they exist. It's just on how they're often communicated and then sold. If you're currently considering picking up some type of insurance policy and you're looking at whole life insurance and you're talking to someone that is trying to sell you a policy and they're doing it on the basis of the savings inside of it and the loans you can take, you really need to assess whether it's something for you. And in most cases, it won't be unless you've got the wealth built to take advantage of actually getting a whole life insurance policy. The cost of them is just prohibitive. It doesn't make sense. You're better off for most people to buy a term insurance policy and then invest the other money into your 401k or a traditional tax-deferred IRA. The salespeople selling these whole life insurance policies are also often quick to point out that the death benefit in a whole life policy is tax-free and you wouldn't have to pay any estate taxes. Well, this is the case, but it you have to know that estate taxes don't begin until you've got some real wealth. So for the average person, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Whole life insurance, it does have its place, like I said, but its place is more for wealthy individuals. And the reason why insurance salespeople are often selling these policies is because of the high commissions they, they receive. With whole life insurance, there are certain t- types that are available that are sold, such as a, 
an indexed universal life and variable type life insurance. And what you need to know about these is they're sold under the disguise very often of you're going to contribute to these and you're not going to lose any money. And that simply isn't the case. A lot of times you're not going to on the surface lose money, but like in the case of a indexed universal life policy, they'll tell you you won't ever do worse than than X amount. The thing that they're not telling you with a policy such as a universal life one is the cash accumulation in there, you won't do worse than say 5%, 6% or whatever the policy may be. But at the same time, they do have a ceiling on the amount that can you can accumulate. So if the market were to do 20%, they may say you can only gain 8% of that. So it's really the averages in the long run of these whole life policies that makes it worthwhile sometimes when you look at the average of either you know cash growing in an interest bearing account or in investments. It's the long term and they really want people to be in these policies long term. And that's how the insurance companies get paid with the recurring premiums. And I do have a, a previous podcast that talks specifically about universal indexed life insurance. And if that's something you're interested in, in taking a look at and listening to, it goes more into, I go more into depth on that, that product and how they're typically sold. The bottom line is if you're in the market for insurance and someone is telling you all of the upside potential of whole life insurance, you really need to take a look at if it's something for you, which in most cases is going to be very rare. More people simply shouldn't be buying whole life insurance for the savings component and likely less people should be buying it. Thanks for listening to the Smart Start Money podcast. If you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. You can also visit the website at smartstartmoney.com for articles on life and money. If you have any questions or comments on this podcast, you can send them directly to me at eric at smartstartmoney.com. The next podcast, I'm going to be talking about employer-provided tuition reimbursement. Although many companies seem to offer tuition reimbursement as a way to attract potential hires, the truth is getting the benefit is often not as easy as it's made out to be.